I'm glad you chose to join us today. Today's day is July 4th, 2021. The text I'll be reading to you is 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 2 through 10. The theme is found in verse 9 where it says, uh, God says, God's grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. And the title is, God's grace is sufficient for me. A text again is uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 2. But the setting uh, can be described. Well, let me just share with you. Uh, the previous chapter talks about it uh, the, for the setting. Where Paul is sharing with the Corinthian church the suffering that he endured. Uh, and then let me read to you 2 Corinthians 12.1. It goes, Paul speaking, I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained. I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. And then our text today, starting at verse 2 of 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul speaking. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise. He heard inexpressible things, things that man is not permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain so that no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I say or do. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassing great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weaknesses. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The reading of God's word. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, uh, it's strange that we would boast in our weaknesses, but that's exactly what Paul is doing. For he was saying he was caught up into, into the third heaven. <laughs> and so that he wouldn't become conceited. You allowed him to have uh, as a, a thorn in the flesh, if you will, to torment him so that he would not become conceited. And Father, he ends by boasting in that because he knows that your, your grace is sufficient for him in this time of weakness. So Father, may we, Christ followers, and those who are pre-Christians, learn to accept your perfect will in our lives. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Paul talks about 14 years. <laughs> It'd be 14 years of the writing of this church in Corinth. Paul is trying to explain this, uh, this experience or this encounter, if you will, with God. He says he was caught up to this third heaven. Whether it's a dream or not, he, if he was actually carried off or it was a dream, he does not know, but be assured, God knows. So much he could not explain. But what he can explain was this experience. And if he was swept away or not, he does not know. But it was inexpressible things that he came about way with. Things that could not be explained to the human race. 14 years ago would have been the start of Paul's ministry. We know quite a bit about Paul before and after his conversion. He had studied the Jewish faith under under and, and the Jewish law under the best of the best instructors. He was saying, or we know, that he was rising higher and faster than any of the men of his same age in the, in the sect of the Pharisees. And he was extremely zealous for the traditions of the Jewish fathers. <laughs> and then... He sees the light on his way to Damascus. We call it the Damascus Road where he meets Jesus. Uh, that's found in Acts chapter 9, and it's extremely exciting to read. But I'd like for you to do that on your own, not now. And shortly after that, I believe, is when he is called, or what he calls the third heaven. <laughs> Galatians uh, 1.17 explains it a little bit. Paul again speaking, I went immediately into Arabia and later to return to Damascus. Unfortunately for us, the writer of the book of Acts, Luke the physician, who gives us a chronological order of the church, leaves out three years of Paul's life after his conversion. But in Galatians chapter 1, Paul speaks of this event. At this time, of the writing, we are trying to experience Paul's third heaven. So let me read to you Galatians chapter 1. Let me start at verse, uh, at verse 11. Paul speaking, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preach is not something that man made up. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation by Jesus Christ. And then let me share verse 17. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was. But I went immediately to Arabia and later to return to Damascus. Then, after three years, Paul goes on to say, I believe that in those three years of wilderness experience, Jesus was Paul's instructor. Galatians 1.12, Paul says, I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Wow. Where everything he had learned through history, learned from his professors, was taught in the synagogues, 
We're now retaught in the light of Jesus Christ, by Jesus Christ, the resurrected Lord. Where Paul can say, I, it all finally makes sense now. I get it. Bedrock affirmation of who the Trinity is and now what Paul's work on earth was to be. Thinking about Paul and what he calls the third heaven and wondering how to apply Paul's experience to us today, I ask the question if that experience is even available to Christ followers today. I believe it is but it's at a price. I'm not talking money. I'm not talking about possessions. I'm talking about an effort, a willingness to put aside time to spend before God in quiet meditation to allow Jesus to take control and to be your master of everything. There is a devotional writer named Sarah Young who tries to communicate this process. I get it from, uh, I, I gleaned it from June 30th of Jesus' column. Uh, she does a pretty good job. Listen, I want to share her thoughts. Jesus is speaking to you. I am the truth and the one who came to set you free. As the Holy Spirit controls your mind and actions more fully, you become free in me. You are increasingly released to become the one I created you to be. This is a work that I do in you as you yield to my spirit. I can do my best handiwork when you sit in the stillness of my presence, focusing your entire being on me. Let my thoughts burst freely upon your consciousness, stimulate an abundant life. I am the way in the truth in the life. As you follow me, I lead you along paths of newness, ways you have never imagined. Don't worry about what is on the road up ahead. I, will, I want you to find your security in knowing me, the one who died to set you free. I believe it is God's desire for you to have your own third heaven experience. I believe it is possible to know that kind of experience. I also want it to come, uh, but I want you to know it comes with a price, a willingness to carve out time to wait on the Lord, to spend time soaking in his presence, to allow God's perspective to unscramble your thoughts. Will there be op opposition? <laughs> yes, there will be. And it will come in many forms. I just read it for myself by Miss Young's devotional, July 1st. Remember Jesus is speaking to you about opposition and your closeness to Christ. Listen, your own desire to linger in bed will be an opposition. <laughs> the evil one's determination to distract you. The pressure of family and friends. Your own inner critic to spend your, to spend your time more productively. As you grow in your desire to please me above all else, you gain strength to resist these opponents. 
Delight yourself in me, for I am the deepest desire of your heart. <laughs> oh, let us transition to another area of Paul's letter, his weakness. Paul says he re refuses to boast about the man of the third heaven. But I am willing to boast about a man caught up in his weakness. Verse 5. Declaring one's weakness may be very uh, may very well be our weakness or even our downfall spiritually. I do not know very many people who willingly share their weaknesses with others. If we are all honest, wouldn't the weakness we make public be the ones we can manage to blow back from? Paul doesn't really mention his weakness except to label it a messenger of Satan. Paul has what he calls a thorn in the flesh to remind himself not to think too highly of himself. To retranslate Paul's word, Paul was given a thorn in the flesh so that he would not become conceited because of the things he experienced while in the third heaven. Three times the Bible tells us Paul asked that the thorn, this thorn in the flesh be removed. And three times he gets the same reply. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Verse 9. In our weakness, Christ becomes more powerful. In what we are unable to accomplish because of our weakness, that's when God takes over. He becomes strong in those areas of weakness, making you and I strong, overcomers. It becomes a miracle as we realize that his grace is sufficient and that he is working in our lives. Mosier Lister wrote a song in 1965 with this title, His Grace is Sufficient for Me. Listen to me as I read to you this poem. Many times I'm tried and tested as I travel day by day. Oft I, met, I meet with pain and sorrow, and there's trouble in the way. But I have a sweet assurance that my soul the Lord will lead, and in him there is strength for my every need. Oh, his grace is sufficient for me, and is abundant, and his love is abundant and free. And what joy fills my soul just to know, just to know that his grace is sufficient for me. When the tempter brings confusion, and I don't know what to do, on my knees I turn to Jesus, for he'll always see me through. Then despair is changed to victory. Every doubt just melts away, and in him there is hope for every day. Oh, his grace is sufficient for me. And his abundant, and his love is abundant and free. And what joy fills my soul just to know, just to know that his grace is sufficient for me. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, 
You want us to have a third heaven experience. I believe this. And you also want us to acknowledge our weakness. And when we do, you receive the honor and glory through using us to accomplish your perfect purpose in our lives. And you want us here on earth to recognize that your grace is sufficient for all of our needs. Lord, may it be so in each of our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, I hope you have a wonderful 4th of July. And may God richly bless you. Until we meet again. Bye.